Well, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates, and I am joined by my co-host, Dennis Poulette. How are you, Dennis? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's so good to have you on the podcast. As you may remember, this podcast exists because we believe our words matter, and healthy communication is oxygen for relationships and your leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one, on a team, from the stage, or from the screen, we hope that the time you spend listening to this podcast inspires you, challenges you, encourages you to choose healthy communication. Because really when you do, everything changes. Everything changes in your world for the better. So we are excited because today we're closing out our three-week series on the speaking pathway. The pathway. The pathway. This has been exciting. For me, it's been exciting. You know, it's kind of selfish, maybe a little self-centered. You could tell me if it is. But, you know, this is something that I've been working through, working through, working through, working through, bouncing ideas off of you and Christy and Zach and Dennis, the whole team for months and months and months. And now we've got the the pathway, the pathway, the speaking pathway. And hopefully this will be a tool for people, whether they uh, communicate just to their family or they communicate just to team meetings at work or they're doing sales presentations or they're standing in front of an audience or they're standing on an auditorium stage. And so this is a a step-by-step directional guide to help you become a more effective, empathetic, captivating communicator. And you can actually get this information online, speakwithpeople.com slash pathway, where you can kind of check all that information out. And so today we're closing out this three-week series. So if you missed week one and week two, let's do a really simple recap. Quick overview. Week one, we talked about with or at. Are you someone who communicates with people or are you someone who communicates at them. And we talked about all those different kind of differences. Which is kind of the big idea of speak with people. Huge. Speak with people, not at them. Because when you speak with people, it's high, high, high on empathy. Yes. Someone said on my Facebook page yesterday, there is an empathy epidemic going on. And I thought, that's it. That's why it's so important for us to speak with people. Boy, I just get excited. Yeah. Yeah. But the week one, we said, hey, there's even a quiz because maybe you're like, I don't know. Do I speak with people? Do I speak at? Yeah. And so if you go to speakwithpeople.com slash pathway, you can actually take the quiz. It's actually in the back of this sheet of paper, but you can find out. And if you're if you're someone who speaks at people, it's okay. Like, it's okay. Sometimes, you know, we've got to be able to do some self-awareness so we can figure out, okay, here are, here are a couple things that I need to change so I'm not someone who communicates at people constantly that was week one week two we we started going step by step into the pathway and we looked at the first four steps and it was fun for me because we recorded it at the speaker conference that's right Whew, for months we talked about the speaker conference on this podcast yep and now it's over it's over yeah it's over <laughs> now we have to wait till 2020 it was fun it was a great. It was fun. You got to speak about the public speaking pathway. We walked right through the public speaking right. pathway, and we recorded the podcast. And we did the first four steps. We did the first four steps of the podcast. And so, just as a reminder, step you can listen one, to that one. By you, the way, you can. Step number one of the public speaking pathway: uh, assess and prioritize your health. We start with your health to make sure you're you're thinking about your emotional, relational, spiritual, mental, physical physical health to make sure you know yep you're coming from a, a place of health step number two with or at you got to discover if you're a with or at person so you can start aligning yourself in the with category step number three you got to deeply and genuinely care for your audience you go from being self-centered to audience centered 
Whoa. I like that. Mm-hmm. And then step four, study and prepare. You got to do, you got to get in. You got to start diving into the books. You got to know the information. You got to study. You probably like a, no, you're not a super studier. You just read it once and then get an A. That's what I, <laughs> I don't know. That had me. Yeah. You though. Oh. I mean, you're like, I got a new book. I got a new book. I got a new book. I'm going to quote this guy. I'm going to quote that guy. I'm going to do this. I, I got to read and study all the time. Yeah. Because it's like, for me to come up with like an idea on my own, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Very much. That's okay. It's very good. So today, we're going to finish this by going through the final four steps. And I bet I just got you excited by saying final four. <laughs> yes, a little bit. It's uh, final four season. It is final four season. Your team is not in it anymore. Neither is yours. Neither is mine. Uh, truthfully, though, college basketball's not one that I pay too much attention to. I probably haven't done a bracket since the Fab Five at University of Michigan. That was a long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. If I remember, the youngins probably I, don't know who those guys. They were. probably don't. Yeah. They, they missed the time. The guys that brought in the ginormous shorts, baggy shorts, big old baggy shorts. It was not. I don't know how they could dribble the ball between the legs because the shorts were so bad. It was not Bobby Hurley and Christian Leitner who brought in those baggy shorts. No, they just brought in the championship. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's get some right. of the real thing. Here. Let's, let's get start. on here. So here we go. Yeah, so if you follow these directions step by step by step over time, you keep working them, keep working them. The end result, end result, you're not going to have pieces left like you do in some, <laughs> some direction. That was your joke from it. Yes. Take. Yeah. That was really good. But the end result is, over time, you'll become a more effective, empathetic, captivating. Yeah, and I think, I was just thinking about this as you were presenting the public speaking pathway. It's not just, like, these these eight steps aren't just for if you have to do a a speech. This is almost like a lifestyle thing. So yes. so if you, you might be listening and thinking, oh, I don't ever public speak, so I'm going to turn this one off, or I'm not going to listen to the pathway, or whatever. But really, I was thinking, this is like, almost your take on what it means to be a healthy communicator just in general, like even before you step on a Yes. Because, you know, I'm thinking about the steps. So prioritize your health. Do you present with or at people? Do you deeply and genuinely care? Do you study and prepare? Uh, what's number six? That's way clarity, before you up on stage. All of that stuff. Right. Like it's it's really about like I need to do this stuff even before I get on stage and even when I'm never going to get on stage. Yes. These are the things that I need to do with my family. These are the things I need to do with my kids, with my wife, so that I can effectively communicate. If I'm not doing number one, then it, I can. We, we talked about this, then I end up taking it out on everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think 90% of your effectiveness happens before you're even on stage or before you present in front of your team or this is the stuff that you're yeah. doing in private. Even before you get asked to speak. Absolutely. Absolutely. Most of the time, if you're not doing any of this, nobody's asking you. Yeah. Speak with people. The heart behind it is we really want to help you be a healthy communicator holistically through and through. Right. And so you are- All of those levels. And all those levels. All right. So let's get to the final four. Final four. Well, here we go. So step number five, embrace clarity. At the speaker conference, I titled this talk, The Ridiculous Power of Clarity. Right. And you talked about a box. I the did. clarity box, I which did. we've already kind of alluded we have. to in another podcast, but you went pretty deep on the clarity box. Yes. Yes. We we went really deep. The goal for this step is to completely focus and organize uh, your structure, your big idea, and the direction of what you're 
So this is, I mean, this is like the linchpin. I mean, this is a very, you know, I, I'm not a camper guy. I don't like camping at all. <laughs> I, I can't even, I can't even use it correctly. The sentence, obviously good thing. I'm a communicator for a living, but uh, a few times I've had to put uh, a trailer onto a hitch, right? And there's that really important pin that goes in there, right? To hold that, you know, all that together. This is that. Pin. I'm waiting for a story where you forgot to put the pin. In. Oh, it, it happened. <laughs> there's actually a Dr. Yeah. Tom story where it pops off on the road and the trailer that we had goes right into the back of the truck. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. But this is the linchpin. You've got to embrace clarity. I love this quote by Albert Einstein. Back to me and the quote guy. If you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. I was listening to something the other day, and I was thinking, I have no idea what this person is actually talking about. Like, I was really trying to pay attention, and I could not figure yeah. out the main point of what they were saying. And I don't even remember. It was some video or something online, and I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm clicking away yep. because it's not clear. Yeah. I don't know. That's the tough part. And this is this is the like this is where the power of the clarity box really does help you. This clarity box that helps you organize your thoughts. Now, there is six steps to this clarity box. So it's it's I mean there's more steps to the process, but it really what it does is from beginning to end it helps you put together whether you're doing a 5-minute talk, you're doing a 10-minute presentation, or you're doing a 40-minute keynote. And so it starts with getting all your event details organized, then it goes into your your focused details. And really step two is the biggest part of this, because in this one, you're figuring out how to walk away with your big idea statement that you're going to say over and over, you're going to repeat it. It's going to be memorable. It's going to be applicable. So when you are listening, when someone is listening, they're going to be able to pick up on that and be able to go, oh, that's what that was about, mm. you know, instead of how often you know, there've been times where I get up in front of people and I'm speaking and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, what am I talking like or I, you repeat the same thing over and over, but that's not your main point. That's not your main point. And then that's people get distracted. They're going to do. What else in this step we look at is we look at a bunch of different structures on how you can organize a talk because, you know, there, there's a ton of different structures out there. But we look at the, we look at all of them so you can then figure out what the best one is for you. And then we talk about this big idea statement. And so we really go into, some people call it the one-liner, some people call it the vision statement, the thesis, you know, there's all these different things. But really, at the end of the day, this is the thing that you've just wrestled. You've wrestled these words together. So when someone says, hey, what are you talking about? Boom. Yeah. And if you don't know what you're talking about, they're not going to know what you're talking about. Absolutely. So you get up or, you you know, even when you're making a phone call, hey, yeah, and you ramble and you ramble and you ramble. And then like, you're like, okay, so what was the point right. of this whole conversation? You're like, when people are on the phone talking to me about that, I'm like, just get to the point. I want to know what's happening. Tell me what you need me to do. And this is my this is one of my weaknesses as a communicator. Because I get into this mode of loving to talk and tell stories <laughs> and I can just keep going and going and going. It's one of the mistakes I made at my own conference. I just went too long in one of the talks. And I'm like, why did I go so long? Because I was just having such a good time and I was sharing these stories. But I think it was about storytelling, so it was okay. Yeah, all right. It, it ended up being all right. Uh, John Maxwell, we've already referred to him, kind of the father of lead father of leadership, but he's definitely an author of leadership. <laughs> he said the first time you say something it's heard the second time it's recognized and the third it's learned mm. i mean there's just that that process you got to be able to anybody that's a parent knows that absolutely you got to say it at least seven times so step number five embrace clarity step number six tell stories that matter tell stories that matter. tell stories that matter the goal here is to ignite 
captivate and excite all the senses when you tell a story. Because the reality is like you could dump all this information on people, probably not going to remember it unless it's somehow like partnered with and supports a story. Yeah. I mean, I said it before, tell a story that has a point and then every point should have a story. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's important. I mean, if you think about all of the things that that we love as a society, we love movies, we love books, we love television shows, we love a lot of those things are storytelling. So yes. that's probably why we're we're so far into our brains are wired that way. Yeah. They are wired to love story. And like, you know, our brains go into daydream mode if if we're not being captured by something like this. And so it's powerful. Donald Miller and his great brick story book, Story Brand. If you haven't read Story Brand, you have to go out and buy it. He said, story helps because it's a sense-making mechanism. Is it like a drinking game every time you mention Donald Miller or story? I I was just I take a sip of my coffee every time you say Donald. I, I was just thinking in my head, should I be a Donald Miller affiliate? Like, could I start my own Donald Miller affiliate program? Maybe without him knowing. Like, Donald, if you're listening to this, <laughs> first of all, that would be very, very exciting. But I know I should. But he uh, says, no, that's story good. helps because it's a sense-making mechanism. Essentially, story formulas put everything in order so the brain doesn't have to work to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. That's that's the power of story. And Donald in Story Brand, you can read it. He walks through the seven essentials of a story, and then people are able to you know put two and two. Uh, Tracy and I were watching a TV show on Netflix the other night, The Night Agent. Never heard of it. Fantastic TV show, uh, action adventure. He's an FBI agent who works the night desk in the White House. Really fun. But, you know, I was trying to pay attention to those seven essential components and, you know, they, they followed it. Like, right. You're like, you got to go through it. Story is so important. So in this step of the program, like you've got to figure out, uh, this is what people tell me all the time. Jason, I'm not like you. I don't have really cool things happen to me in life. Mm. And I'm like, false. Everybody does. You just have to relearn how to pay attention to the things happening to you. Yeah. So I read this book called Story Worthy. I was going to. I passed it off to yes. you. I said, you need to read this book, Reading Storyworthy. And one of the most important things that I got out of that book was the idea of this thing called homework for life. And in the homework for life, it's every single day. You don't have to journal the whole story, but every single day you find one thing that you're going to write down that would be storyworthy. Yep. That's the name of the book, right? Yep. And so Basically, you, you think through your day, okay, so what in my day, if I had to encapsulate like the, the thing that I'm going to remember from today, what would it be? And you would tell that story. Like I would probably tell the story of the fact that we've already recorded this podcast halfway, but we forgot something and we had to start over. And so like that would be, that's probably going to be my, unless something else happens to me today, that's my thing that I'm going to write down. You are so kind because really the story is... You used we. <laughs> well, I'm saying we started recording being empathetic. Jason totally <laughs> forgot. Yeah, gracious. But the idea here is the idea is, you know, at the end of a month, you have 30 possible stories that you might develop right. into something that one day and even you just write down one line. You don't write down the whole thing. You just write down Jason messed up first take of speak with people podcast. Yeah. And that will trigger my brain to remember yep. that story. Yep. And so maybe one of these days, whenever I'm talking about failure or I'm talking about, you know, something else, I can be like, oh, yeah, one of these, you know, five years ago, I was uh, I was doing a podcast and yeah. I had to re-record and here, you know, here's the or, you know, there's plenty of those kinds of stories. So there's a lot of things happening in life. 
Absolutely. It's just a matter of you just get into the pattern of writing them down. Or it's a muscle. It is. You work it, you can get it. The other thing that I do too is if as I'm going through the clarity box and I know what my keyword is and I know what I want them to know. And then once I think about okay, the big idea, I'm like, okay, was there a moment in my life? You know, and then then that helps me start triggering, you know, triggering ideas. Like for me, in the blog post, so if you're listening to these podcasts, there's a blog post that goes along with each week. So if you go to the speakerpeople.com and you find the blog, there's a week one, week two, week three. I write about in week uh, two, I write about my fifth grade year, which was a magical year. If you've ever seen a picture of fifth grade Jason, you it just it just it brings uh, it brings a smile and delight. Maybe that's to be young and old. Game. That that should be it. But uh, I had a teacher, Miss Chapey, who yes, I developed a massive crush on. But she was such a incredible teacher that kind of involved us and brought us in. In the third part of this blog post, I write then about my teacher in the sixth grade, who was an army uh, or an air force reserved uh, captain, and she had a much different way of teaching than Miss Chapey. Miss Chapey was like all daisies and sunshine, and we're creating things today. And then, you know, for Miss Oswald, it was like get in class, sit down, we're gonna go. Like they had, you know, two different ways. Mm. But because I was going through the clarity box and I was thinking through moments, I was able to mind my mind. See what I did there? I do. do. Mind my mind for those stories. And I think we all do that. That's why I think mom and dad's, stepmom and dad's families, it's so important to have meals together and then to ask each other questions. One of the best days I've had in years is just me and my mom and dad went out uh, over Christmas break to St. Pete. We walked the pier. And I just asked questions about their childhood. Yeah. And 47 years, I didn't even know some of these answers. It was just incredible. And so we just got to get into the pattern of doing those kind of things. Yeah. it's great. The other day, my dad called me out of the blue and he was talking to me about his dad, about something with, that I have never heard before. Right. And I was like, that was my story worthy story of the day. Like, yeah. wait a second. I never knew that that was going on with my grandfather because I never met my grandfather. Mm-hmm. So when my dad talks about these are things that I don't know. Right. And so that, it, you know, it is a great thing to talk about the stories, to hear what's going on and with your kids even. Yeah. You know, hey, what what made today great? That's fantastic. What, what, what made today not so great? Yep. That kind of stuff. Robert McKee said, storytelling is the most powerful way to put ideas in the world today. So tell stories that matter. Yeah. Bam. We can talk about that all day. We could. Uh, step seven. Uh, step seven. Partner with laughter. Partner with laughter. Partner with laugh. I don't think we like that here. We're very stoic in this uh, <laughs> podcast. This is a very. Um, Do you want to know how many times over the years I have just been? I, I'm not trying to create a woe is me here or whine a little bit, you know, all that kind of stuff. But how many times people have told me that my uh, obsession with laughter is just ridiculous? Ridiculous bad uh, or ridiculous? Ridiculous bad. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially in teaching. Like Jason, it doesn't, we don't always need to laugh, you know, I mean, just my, anyway, so that's my little soapbox. I think that's why we get along so well. Right. Because I used to go into meetings and I would think that my entire job in, and I'm a youth pastor, so, yep. you know, that's my training. My entire job was to make everybody laugh at the meeting. That's it. So I was like, I'm going into this meeting with all of these older people yep. and I'm just going to Every once in a while, interject something that's going to make the whole room bust out. Probably not a good, not the best thing to do all the time. 
No, not all the time. There's got to have to be wisdom. But I love laughter. But there, there's just this foundation in people that they're like, hey, the older we get, you know, laughter is just, it's not deep. I think such great depth can be explored through laughter because mm-hmm. when we help our audience laugh, they lean in, they trust us more, and it breaks down the walls of hurt. I mean, I, I have stood before a thousand middle school kids. And through laughter, I get them to listen. I have a story for that. Yes. Okay. Get the story. So, so Monday we went to the soccer game, and I we the game finished over in Orlando. We're going to the the parking garage to get our car, and we get our car, and I pull up to the thing, and the ticket the ticket booth is broken, so I have to go to the ticket thing and put it in, and it's putting it in, and it's not working, and it's not working. And on the thing it says, "You look great today," or "You're awesome," you know, blah blah blah. And I'm like, but every time I put my ticket in, it says. Ticket failed. Ticket failed. And so the attendant walks up. This is like 11 o'clock at night. Game's over. It's like crazy yeah. laid out. And I'm like, I'm getting mixed signals here. Every time I put the thing in, it says that I'm horrible and that I can't get the ticket right. But then on here, the sticker says that I look great. <laughs> and the guy just busts out laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that was fun. You know, And he'll a- remember that moment. And so he walks out. He's like, I got to go. I got to go pay for it. You know, ring you up inside. So he... He takes my my ticket, my card and everything. And he comes back and he's like, oh, because you made me laugh, I gave you half off. And I was like, score. Right. But that's I mean, there's a dumb story to illustrate the now of like, you know, sometimes people are doing mundane things. Yep. And they need laughter. Yes. It's just like, why are we sitting here? Why so serious? I mean, I could have easily been like, your stupid machine isn't working and blah, blah, blah. Why? I just want to go. Oh, my God. A two hour drive ahead of me. Yep. And no, I was like, hey, I don't understand here. I don't know what's going on. Absolutely. Busted out laughing. I love that. And he'll remember that. I have a friend who's like, over the course of his his career, has like literally made presentations in front of people who are, you know, deciding on millions of dollars of products. He always helps bring laughter to those rooms mm-hmm. first. Because it's like, we get, we kind of, it builds this common ground. The goal in this step is to build a deep partnership with laughter, because then it helps you build a deep partnership with your audience. I mean, it's just, this is going to be a little bit self-centered, so I apologize. But the amount of times people have said things to me like, uh, I felt like I was the only one in the room when you were speaking up front. I think that happens through laughter. I yeah. think because I get people to laugh with me, they then trust me in order to say some of the hard stuff. Yeah, comedy builds a connection. And that's the reason why it's funny. That's quotable. It, it's funny because comedy builds. The it's next funny because you think it's funny, and I think it's funny because somehow there's some connection between what you think and what I think, and all of a sudden yes. our relationship gets closer. Yes, because we used comedy. Yeah, we used laughter in our presentation. I love that. Judy Carter. She said, "Funny people aren't funny because funny things happen to us. We're funny because we take the tragedy that happens to us and turn it into comedy." So much of tragedy can come, you know, we can, so much of comedy can come from tragedy and we can look back at those, you know, funny moments, like driving down the road one day, I had a couch sticking in the back of our truck and I didn't tie it down. My wife had told me to tie the truck down. My kids had told me to tie the truck down, uh, tie the, tie the couch down. And I'm like, listen, I'm the man. I'm, I'm big and strong. I know what I'm doing driving down the road. My son at that time, Zach, he's probably six and he's giving me like a, like a, you know, minute by minute, you know, he's like, dad, the, the, the couch, couch is moving. The couch is moving. The couch, dad, is, the couch moving. is moving. And then it moved uh, an inch. Yes. And then finally he's like, dad, dad, dad. And I look in the rear view mirror and the, I hit a bump and the couch literally flies up 
like it's Dorothy's house in Wizard of the Oz. You know, this <laughs> thing is just spinning. It lands in the middle of the road. It opens up. It's a couch bed. The pillows come down on it. You know, I mean, it's just one of those those moments. And so, and in the, the moment, I, I wasn't really laughing. But <laughs> now afterwards, I mean, this is such a, and, and for our family, as we sit around and tell that story, or when I tell that story when I'm speaking somewhere and one of my kids hear it, they're like, that is just, this is the secret formula for laughter. I mean, um, the the secret formula for when you're speaking is you you use laughter and then you plus listening, plus learning, and that will equal life change. So if I get them laughing, they're going to lean in a bit. So they're going to listen at a, at a deeper level that then they're going to they're going to really start learning something. And then that's really going to help push the life change. Mm. And that's that's what we want to do as communicators. We want to help with those decisions. Laughter can tear those walls down. It can create those things that we all know about. it. And so in this step, we talk about the keys to be able to help. And one of those keys is not saying, I have a super funny story for you. <laughs> It's hilarious. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. No, don't don't do that. Awesome. Don't do those. Good yeah, things. you don't really. You want you don't need to set it, you set it up. You don't want to set it up by saying you're gonna tell the story. Just go right into it. Charles Dickens said, "There's nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humor." It's just awesome. It's just awesome. Okay, step number eight, the final step. Craft the entire experience. Craft the entire. What do you mean by that? The goal here is to utilize and partner every creative tool available to clearly communicate in your speech and presentation. So instead of you just getting up and going, today's speech, we're going to talk about the United States of America. Probably should stands. No, I'm going to use every tool that I have available that I can. Dale Carnegie said there's always three speeches for every one you actually gave, the one you practiced, the one you gave. And the one you wish. Well, yeah. Don't you love it whenever, so when you have to speak, somebody says, so are you ready? Yes. I, my answer to that is I'm never ready till it's done. Because I'm not ready until I've actually given it. It's so good. Because I don't know what in the world I'm going to actually say. Listen, earlier you said we need, need to do a Donald Miller, you know, meter. I think we need to do a meter when Dennis says something that's like so <laughs> mind blowing that I'm like. No, but that it, was but power. It, but it's true. I don't know. I don't know what. I mean, I have notes, and I have an idea of how it's going to go. Right. And I've done the step of practicing and practicing and preparing and yep. all the stuff that we talk about. But I still don't really know how it's going to go until yep. I've given it, and then I can maybe evaluate it. And even then, my evaluation is different than your evaluation. Sure. The way I feel about this podcast is going to be different than the way you feel about the podcast, and so. All of our experiences are different. So it's like one of those things. I don't know. So yeah. you're crafting that experience. But I love that quote that, you know, you've got the one that you're going to give. You got the one that you actually gave, yep. you know, and so you're the one you practice yep. and then the one you actually gave. Yeah. And this one you want to think through, okay, what are all the elements? So like in the clarity box, uh, I use this word assets and I think about what are the assets that are going to bring my big idea alive? So are there stories? Are there images? Like when I'm telling a story. If I tell the truck story, a lot of times I'll show a picture of a big giant truck, you know, just to kind of, I kind of do that. I was listening to someone speak last night and they were telling a story about babysitting or not babysitting, dog watching. It's a little bit different. <laughs> dog watching. Not for some people. <laughs> yeah, not for some people. Oh, the people with their dogs. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's not go there. Let's not go there. But I was thinking. If, you just alienated some people. And the Speak With People team. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking if they just like bring pictures in as they're telling the story, it will add these like stunning elements. 
if you are talking about, you know, something, use it as a prop, you know, think through something tangible you can put in people's hands. Is there a scent or a smell you can use? Is there a different color lighting in the room? You know, yeah. I mean, there's just those different kind of things, those elements. Which comes to the part of like knowing where you're going to present. Right. We talked about that a while ago. It's in, it's in the clarity box, that step one of actually knowing what's going to happen. Like, wh- where am I going to be? What's the lighting going to be like? Yep. Am I going to be on a stage? Yep. Am I going to have a, yep. a podium? Yep. Or, or am I just in a conference room? Absolutely. Do I have a TV? Do I not have a TV? Do I need this? Do I need that? Yeah, I need all the details. When you know that, then you can craft the experience yeah. by figuring out, okay, I'm going to bring then a picture instead of rely on slides as a picture. Yep. I'm going to actually print out a picture of fifth grade Jason. Yep. And then I'm going to, I'm going to give her, I'm going to give everybody a, a tattoo, a scratch off tattoo of fifth grade Jason. This is the one too, where you want to think through, okay, uh, where do, how do I need to improve my eye contact? How do I need to improve my body posture? How do I use my hands when I talk? How do I use my voice? Because my voice can go up, my voice can go down. You know, you, you got to use every tool available to you. Mm. So you just pique everyone's interest through the entire time because you're, you're not going to, you're not going to hit everybody at once. So all these different elements are going to pique other people's difference and you'll be able uh, Paul Arden said, the more strikingly visual your presentation is, the more people will remember it. And more importantly, they will remember you. Wait. Woo. That's, that's some powerful stuff. That's true. That's yeah. some powerful stuff. Uh, shout out. One of the things that we do, I'm sorry, you're no going to say, I think one of the things we do wrong a lot of times is we rely on the presentation. Yeah. The, the, like okay, my my all of my visuals are just my PowerPoint presentation, or my keynote, or whatever. And so whatever's on the slides, that's my entire thing. Well, I don't really want people always paying attention to the slides. I do want them to look at me every once in a while. Yes. So maybe I need to bring in, you know, a basket full of eggs. Yeah. Whenever I'm going to talk about something that yep. has yep. the basket full yep. of eggs. Um, and to think through what are you wearing. Yeah. You know because like. One of my pet peeves is people who wear hats up front. And I get it that it's cool, especially young kids, you know, wear a hat. But like, what sounds so old right now? <laughs> sounds so old. But one of the things that is the absolute worst thing you can do as a communicator is to hide your eyes from those people that you're speaking about. Because someone said it once, I don't know who, maybe uh, Aristotle, the eyes are the heart of the soul. Hmm. You might want to, you might want to. Well, yeah. Google check that one. <laughs> I want to do a little fact check, but somebody said it, the eyes of the heart. And so if you're going to wear a hat, make sure you can see, make sure people can see your eyes. Is there something on your shirt? Like I remember watching someone speak once and they literally had a shirt on with like the most vulgar, profane thing on their shirt. It was a funny joke or whatever, but in that context, that's all anybody could concentrate yeah. on. Yeah. You know, it was like, okay, all right, guy, like what well, you should think, that. like, what are, what are we doing here? But yeah, is there is there things that you can do? Uh, my laptop, I used to put it in front of me and I had like 15 stickers on it. Well, I mean, people, like when I got to like slow parts of my talk, people would stare at those stickers, you know, and then they have questions about those stickers or, you know, just think through all of those mm. different type of moments that you can do. I remember I did a talk once on anxiety and when I walked up to give the talk, I was carrying duffel bags to illustrate like this is what, people who are living with anxiety are going through. We're just carrying all this weight. So think through it. One time I used an illustration um, and I had this tall mirror and the mirror represented, uh, you know, our soul. And I talked about how our words matter. And when 
we think by just, you know, mildly making fun of people doesn't do anything to them. So I took a squishy golf ball and I threw it at him and we're like, see, it doesn't do anything. And I said, the reality though is, is every single little, you know, stab at people really does do something to your soul. And I took out a baseball and I threw it at the mirror, hoping to get this big giant crash to show that every single time we demean and dismantle and, but I, I must've bought the mirror from NASA because that thing would not break. <laughs> and the, the baseball, and I throw a baseball pretty hard. You're 20, like Nolan Ryan. 22, 23 miles an hour. You know, it, when he was three, when he was three, <laughs> but you know, so we think through all of those illustrations, we just craft the entire yeah. experience together. Yeah. You want it to be visual. That was a great visual. quote. So these are eight steps that you can use uh, to, for your communication to come alive. And like Dennis talked about earlier, I mean, this is a process. This is a journey. This is not going to happen overnight. You're not going to go to Ikea, get the, you know, the bookshelves end up with two or three parts left, the bookshelf's going to be up in the corner and then you're done. This is something that you're going to do over and over. So you're coming from a healthy place as a communicator. And again, go to speakwithpeople.com slash pathway. And we'd love for you to be able to get that information. Dennis, it's been a great series. I'm. This was our first series we've ever done on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. It's public speaking pathway. Public speaking pathway. More series to come, which in May we're doing a family series. And so we're going to talk about communication. Uh, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to parenting, when it comes to family members who are struggling with anxiety, when it comes to divorce, yeah, we're going to hit some, some topics because that hits all of us. Yeah. With some great guests. With some great guests. And we've got more exciting things coming ahead. So we just want to thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. Again, thank you for checking out our website, speakwithpeople.com. And thank you, like literally thank you for every download every like every comment every share i was just listening to uh amy porterfield the other day who's like mega podcaster millions of people listen to her podcast and she she on her podcast after millions of people she's like thank you for every single person who leaves a review i was like wow she even does that with like thousands of yeah. reviews so i wanted to say thank you to people who've left a review and will consider leaving a review really appreciate it well again this podcast exists because we believe words matter and we believe healthy communication is oxygen for our relationships and our leadership. So whether you communicate one on a team, from a stage, or from a screen, we hope that our time today encouraged you to choose to communicate in healthy ways because your world will drastically improve. Dennis, thanks for joining me. Can't wait till next week. We'll see you next week. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.